0: Chapter 9 of Among the Great Masters of the Drama This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Recording by Catherine Phipps Among the Great Masters of the Drama by Walter Rowlands Kemble. Time may again revive, but ne'er eclipse the charm when Cato spoke in him alive, or hotspur kindled warm, Campbell. That remarkable family, the Kemble's, supplied the British stage with numerous actors and actresses of varying degrees of merit, from that wonderful woman, the great Siddons, to Stephen Kemble, who could play Falstaff without stuffing. John Philip, the greatest among the male Kemble's, only was, in his own opinion, apparently and that of his famous sister and his brother Charles, the foremost actor of them all. Less prejudiced judges have assigned him a place which, though high indeed, is next below Mrs. Siddons. Of all the classic parts which he so well portrayed, Coriolanus was perhaps his best, yet that fine actor, Charles Young, spoke of Mrs. Siddons' volumnia as overshadowing Kemble. It is with feelings of pity that we read of Kemble, a noble representative of Shakespeare's noble Romans, being condemned to utter the claptrap speeches of Roller in Sheridan's Pisaro, produced at Drury Lane in 1799. The part, however, became one of his most effective ones, and the play was a tremendous success. The cast included Mrs. Siddons, Mrs. Jordan, and Charles Kemble, and the piece was performed 31 nights, an extraordinary run for those days. 30,000 copies of it were sold, and the profits of the first season alone were said to be £15,000. Henry Crabb Robinson wrote to his brother, I suppose the fame of Pizarro has already reached you. It is unquestionably the most excellent play I ever saw for variety of attractions. The scenery and decorations are splendid and magnificent without being tawdry or puerile, and these ornaments are made to heighten, not supersede, real dramatic merit. The Tragedy possesses scenes of the most tender and pathetic kind, and others highly heroic. Kemble plays the Peruvian chieftain in his very best style. the lover of Cora, he voluntarily yields her to Alonzo, and when they are married, devotes his life to their happiness. Brave, generous, and pious. He is a kind of demigod, and you know with what skill Kemble can assume the god and try to shake the spheres. The incidents are in themselves so highly interesting and extraordinary that far less superiority of acting and pomp of machinery would have given ordinary effect to the piece, but when united with the utmost efforts of the painter and machinist, they produce a drama absolutely without parallel. Were you a little richer, I should recommend a journey to London on purpose to see it. Percy Fitzgerald, in his Lives of the Sheridans, gives an account of the opening night of Pizero, which actually arrived before the dilatory author had completed the play. Fitzgerald writes, In the case of Pizero, his indolence was so great that some of the players received their parts only the day before, and Mrs. Jordan obtained her song on the night of performance. A friend carried Sheridan off to an inn at Bagshot, where he put together Roller's famous speech, adapting to it some of his old thunder. Even on the very evening that it was first performed, the concluding portion remained unfinished. Sheridan wrote it at the Shakespeare Tavern in Covent Garden not half an hour before the curtain drew up and the play commenced. The actors received and learned them before the ink was dry with which they were written. At the time the house was overflowing on the first night's performance, all that was written of the play was actually rehearsing and incredible as it may appear until the end of the fourth act, Neither Mrs. Siddons, nor Charles Campbell, nor Barrymore had all their speeches for the fifth. Mr. Sheridan was upstairs in the prompter's room, where he was writing the last part of the play, while the earlier parts were acting, and every ten minutes he brought down as much of the dialogue as he had done, piecemeal, into the green room, abusing himself and his negligence, and making a thousand winning and soothing apologies for having kept the performers so long in such painful suspense. "'One remarkable trait in Sheridan's character "'was his penetrating knowledge of the human mind, "'for no man was more careful in his carelessness. "'He was quite aware of his power over his performers "'and of the veneration in which they held his great talents. "'Had he not been so, he would not have ventured to keep them, "'Mrs Siddons particularly, in the dreadful anxiety "'which they were suffering the whole of the evening.' Mrs. Siddons told me that she was in an agony of fright, but Sheridan perfectly knew that Mrs. Siddons, C. Kemble, and Barrymore were quicker in study than any other performers concerned, and that he could trust them to be perfect in what they had to say, even at half an hour's notice. And the event proved that he was right. The play was received with the greatest approbation, and, though brought out so late in the season, was played thirty-one nights, and for years afterward proved a mine of wealth to the drury lane treasury and indeed to all the theatres in the united kingdom kemble took leave of the stage in coriolanus on june twenty third eighteen seventeen lord william lennox who was present says As a boy at Westminster, I had seen this great actor in almost all his parts, but never to my mind did he equal his performance of the noble Roman when taking leave of the stage. Four days later, Kemble was given a farewell dinner at the Freemasons' Tavern, when Young recited Campbell's valedictory stanzas, from which are taken the lines at the head of this chapter. Lord Holland presided at the banquet, where literature was represented by Campbell, Rogers, Moore, and Crabbe, the stage by Talma and Macready, and art by Hayden, Turner, and Lawrence. The last named painted Kemble in several characters as Hamlet, exhibited at the Royal Academy in 1801, and now in the National Portrait Gallery, as Cato, as Coriolanus, and as Rolla, here reproduced. The head of Rolla is that of Kemble, but the body was painted from Jackson, the celebrated pugilist. End of chapter 9